Section 7 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3 by Robert Burton, Section 7. Partition 3, Section 2. Member 1, Subsection 2. How love tyranniseth over men. Love or heroical melancholy. His definition, part affected. You have heard how this tyrant love rageth with brute beasts and spirits. Now let us consider what passions it causeth amongst men. Improbe amor quid non mortalia pectora cogis. How it tickles the hearts of mortal men. Horesco reference. I am almost afraid to relate, amazed and ashamed. It has wrought such stupendous and prodigious effects, such foul offences. Love, indeed, I may not deny, first united provinces, built cities, and by a perpetual generation makes and preserves mankind, propagates the church. But if it rage, it is no more love but burning lust, a disease, frenzy, madness, hell. Est orcus ille, vis est immedicabilis, est rabies insana. Tis no virtuous habit this, but a vehement perturbation of the mind, a monster of nature, wit, and art. As Alexis in Athenaeus sets it out, virilita audax, muliebriter timidum, furore praeceps, labore infractum, mel felium, blander percussio, etc., it subverts kingdoms, overthrows cities, towns, families, mars, corrupts and makes a massacre of men. Thunder and lightning, wars, fires, plagues, have not done that mischief to mankind as this burning lust, this brutish passion. Let Sodom and Gomorrah, Troy, which Dares Phrygis and Dictus Cretensis will make good, and I know not how many cities bear record, et fuit ante Helenum, etc., all succeeding ages will subscribe. Joanna of Naples in Italy, Fredegunda and Brunhalt in France. All histories are full of these basilisks. Besides those daily monomachies, murders, effusions of blood, rapes, riot, and immoderate expense to satisfy their lusts, beggary, shame, loss, torture, punishment, disgrace, loathsome diseases that proceed from thence, worse than calentures and pestilent fevers, those often gouts, pox, arthritis, palsies, cramps, sciatica, convulsions, aches, combustions, etc., which torment the body, that feral melancholy which crucifies the soul in this life and everlastingly torments in the world to come. Notwithstanding, they know these and many such miseries, threats, tortures will surely come upon them, rewards, exhortations, a contra, yet either out of their own weakness, a depraved nature, or love's tyranny, which so furiously rageth, they suffer themselves to be led like an ox to the slaughter. Facilis descensus averni, they go down headlong to their own perdition. They will commit folly with beasts, men leaving the natural use of women, as Paul saith, burned in lust one towards another and man with man wrought filthiness. Semiramis equo, pacifai tauro, 
Aristo Ephesius asinae se comiscuit, Fulvius equi, alii cannibus, capris, etc., unde mostra nascunta aliquando, Centauri, Silvani, et ad terrorum hominum prodigiosa spectra. Nec cum brutis, sed ipsis hominibus rem habent, quod peccatum sodomiae vulgo dicitur, et frequens olim vitium apod orientalis illos fuit. Graecos nimirum, Italos, Aphros, Asianos, Hercules hylum habuit, Polycletum, Dionum, Perithoronta, Abderum et Frigga, Alii et Eurystium ab Hercule amatum tradunt. Socrates pulchorum adolescentum, causa frequens gymnasium adibat. Flagitiosque spectacula pascebat oculus, quod et philebus et phaedon, rivalis, carmides et reliqui platonis dialogi, satis superque testatum faciunt, quod vero alcibiades de eodem socrati loquato, lubens conticesco, sed et abhorio, tantum incitamentum praebet libidini. At hunc perstrinxit Theodoretus lib de curat graec affect cap ultimo. Quin et ipse plato suum demirato agathonum xenophon, cliniam, Virgilius Alexin, anacreon bathilum, quod autem de Nerone, Claudio, caeteronumque potentosa libidine memoriae proditum, malem a Petronio, suetonio, caeterisque petatis, quando omnum fidem excedat, quam ame expectatis, sed vetera querimor, apud Asianos, Turcos, Italos, nunquam frequentius hoc quam hodierno die vitium, Diana Romanorum Sodomia, Officinae Horum Alicube apud Turcus, qui saxis semina mandant, Arenas Arantes, et frequentes querulae, etiam inter ipsos conjuges hac de re, quae virorum concubitum illicitum calcio in oppositum partum verso magistratui indicant. Nullum apud Italos familiare magis peccatum, qui et post Lucianum et Tatium scriptis voluminus defendunt. Johannes de la Casa, Benventinus Episcopus, divinum opus vocat, suave scelas, adeoque jactat, se non alia usum venere. Nihil usitatius apud monarchos, cardinales, sacrificulos, etiam furo hic ad mortem ad insanium. Angelus politianus, opuere amorum, violentas sibi inanus injecit. Et horrendum sane dictu. Quantum apud nos patrum memoria, scelus detestandum hoc saebiae. Cum enim anno fifteen thirty eight, prudentissimus rex Henricus Octavus, cuculatorum coenobia, et sacrificorum collegia votatiorum, per venerabiles legum doctores thomum leum, ricardum laetonum visitari fecerat, etc. Tanto numero repete sunt apud eos scortatores. Cenedi, ganeones, paedicones, puerari, pederastae, Sodomitae. Ballet verbis utor, Ganymedes, etc., 
ut in uno quoque eorum novum credideris gamorum. Sed vide si lubat eorundum, catalogum apod eundum balcum. Puele, inquit, in lectis dormire non poterant ob fratres necromanticos. Haixi upod votarios, monarchos, sanctus scilicet homunciones, quid in foro, quid in aula factum suspiceris. Quid apod nobiles, quid interfonices, quam non foditatum, quam non spurcitiam. Sileo interim torpes illas, et se nominandas quidem monacorum, mastrupationes, masturbatores. Rodericus a castro vocat, tum et eos qui se invicem ad venerum excitandum flagris caedunt. Spintrias, succubas, ambubeas, et lasciviente lumbo tribades, illas mulierculas, quae se invicem fricant, et praeter eunocus etiam ad venerum explendum, artificiosa illa veretra habent. Immoquod magis mirere, faemina foeminam Constantinopoli non ita pridem deperiet, ausorem plane incredibilem, mutatu cultum mentita virum de nuptis sermonum init, et brevi nupta est, sed authorum ipsum consule. Busbequium omito, salenarios illos egyptiacos, qui cum formosarum cadaveribus concumbunt, et eorum visanum libidinem, qui etiam idola et imagines deperiunt. Nota est fabula Pygmalionus apud Ovidium, Mundi et Paulini apud Aegisipum beri Judeorum, Lib. 2, Cap. 4. Pontius C. Caesaris legatus, referente Plinio, Lib. 35, Cap. 3, quem suspicio eum esse qui Christum crucifixit, picturis atalante et Helene adeo libidine incensus, ut tolere eus velet si natura tectorii per misiset. Alius stratum bonae fortunae deperiit. Elianus, lib. 9, cap. 37, alius bona dei, et nequa pars probro vacet. Raptus ad stupra, quod et ille, et ne os quidem a libidine exceptum. Heliogabalus, per omnia cava corporis libidinum recepit, lamprid, vita ages. Hostius quidum specula fecit, et ita deposuit, ut quum virum ipse parteritur, aversus omnis, admissarii mortus in speculo videret. Ac deinde falsa magnitudine ibius membri tanquam vera gauderet. Simul virum et feminum passus. Quod dictu fedum et abominandum, Od verum plane sit, quod apud Plutarchum gulus ulissi objecit. Ad hunc usque diem apud nos neque mas marum. Neque femina foeminum amavit, qualia multa apud vos memorabiles et preclari viri fecerunt. Od viles misos faciam. Hercules imberbum sectan socium, amicus deseruit, etc., Vestrae libidines intra suos naturae fines coerceri non possunt, quin instar fluvii exundantis atrocem fugitatum. Tumultum, confusionemque naturae gignant in re veneria. Nam et capras, 
porcos, equus, inierunt viri et feminae, insano bestiarum amore exarserunt, imde minotari, centare, silvani, sphinges, etc. Sed ne confutando dociam, aut ea foras efferam, quae non omne scire convenit, haec enim doctius solumodo, quod causa non absimili rodericus, scripta velim. Ne levistomis ingentis et depravatis mentibus foctissimi sceleris notitiam, etc. Nolo quiam diutius hisce sordibus inquinare. I come at last to that heroical love which is proper to men and women, is a frequent cause of melancholy, and deserves much rather to be called burning lust than by such an honourable title. There is an honest love, I confess, which is natural. Laqueus occultus captivans corda hominum, ut amulieribus non possin separari. A secret snare to captivate the hearts of men, as Christopher Fonseca proves, a strong allurement of a most attractive, occult, adamantine property, and powerful virtue, and no man living can avoid it. Qui rim non sensit amoris, aut lapis est, aut bellua. He is not a man, but a block, a very stone, aut numen, aut nebucadnezzar. He hath a gourd for his head, a pipon for his heart, that hath not felt the power of it, and a rare creature to be found, one in an age qui nunquam visae flagravit amore puellae, for semel insanivimus omnes, dote we either young or old, as he said, and none are excepted but Minerva and the Muses. So Cupid in Lucian complains to his mother Venus, that amongst all the rest his arrows could not pierce them. But this nuptial love is a common passion, and honest for men to love in the way of marriage, ut materia appetit formum sic mulier virum. You know marriage is honourable, a blessed calling appointed by God himself in paradise. It breeds true peace, tranquillity, content, and happiness, qua nulla est aut fuit unquam sanctior conjunctio, as Daphneus in Plutarch could well prove. Et quae generi humano immortalitatum parat, when they live without jarring, scolding, lovingly as they should do. Felices ter et amplius, cors erupta tenat copula, nec ulis divulsus querimoniis, suprema citius solvit amor die. Thrice happy they, and more than that, whom bond of love so firmly ties, that without brawls till death them part, tis undissolved, and never dies. As Seneca lived with his Paulina, Abraham and Sarah, Orpheus and Eurydice, Aria and Poetus, Artemisia and Mausolus, Rubenius Keller, that would needs have it engraven on his tomb. He had led his life with Enea, his dear wife, forty-three years, eight months, and never fell out. There is no pleasure in this world comparable to it. Tis summum mortalitatis bonum, hominum divumque, voluptas, alma venus, Latet enim in muliere aliquid magis potentiusque, omnibus alius humanis, voluptatibus. As one holds, there is something in a woman beyond all human delight, a magnetic virtue, 
a charming quality, an occult and powerful motive. The husband rules her as head, but she again commands his heart, he is her servant, she is only joy and content, no happiness is like unto it, no love so great as this of man and wife, no such comfort as placens uxor, a sweet wife, omnis amor magnus, sed aperto in conjuge major, when they love at last as fresh as they did at first, caraque caro, consenescit conjugi, as Homer brings Paris kissing Helen, after they had been married ten years, protesting withal that he loved her as dear as he did the first hour that he was betrothed, and in their old age when they made much of one another, saying, as he did to his wife in the poet, Uxor vivamus quod viximus, et moriamo, Servantes nomum sumsimus in thalamo, nec ferat ulla dies ut commutemur in evo, quin tibi sim juvenis, tuque puella mihi. Dear wife, let's live in love and die together, as hitherto we have in all good will. Let no day change or alter our affections, but let's be young to one another still. Such should conjugal love be still the same, and as they are one flesh, so should they be of one mind, as in an aristocratical government, one consent, Galen-like, coalescere in unum, have one heart in two bodies, will and nil the same. A good wife, according to Plutarch, should be looking-glass to represent her husband's face and passion. If he be pleasant, she should be merry, if he laugh, she should smile. If he looks sad, she should participate of his sorrow, and bear a part with him, and so should they continue in mutual love one towards another. Et me ab amore tuo deducet nulla senectus, sive ego tisonus, sive ego nestor ero. No age shall part my love from thee, sweet wife, though I live Nestor or Tithonus's life. And she again to him, as the bride saluted the bridegroom of old in Rome. Ubi tu Caius, ego semper Caia. Be thou still Caius, I'll be Caia. Tis a happy state this indeed, when the fountain is blessed, saith Solomon, Proverbs 5.17. And he rejoiceth with the wife of his youth, and she is to him as the loving hind and pleasant roe, and he delights in her continually. But this love of ours is immoderate, inordinate, and not to be comprehended in any bounds. It will not contain itself within the union of marriage, or apply to one object, but is a wandering, extravagant, a domineering, a boundless, an irrefragible, a destructive passion. Sometimes this burning lust rageth after marriage, and then it is properly called jealousy, sometimes before and then it is called heroical melancholy. It extends sometimes to co-rivals, etc., begets rapes, incests, murders. Marcus Antonius, compressit faustinum sororum, caracalla julium novercum, nero matrem, caligula sorores, cineras mirum filium, etc., but it is confined within no terms of blood, years, sex, or whatsoever else. Some furiously rage before they come to discretion or age. 
Quartilla in Petronius never remembered she was a maid, and the wife of Bath in Chaucer cracks. Since I was twelve years old, believe, husbands at Kirk Door had I five. Aretine Lucretia sold her maidenhead a thousand times before she was twenty-four years old, plus milies vendiderant virginitatum, etc., neque te calabo, non deerant qui ut integrum ambirent. Rahab, that harlot, began to be a professed queen at ten years of age, and was but fifteen when she hid the spies, as Hugh Broughton proves, to whom Serarius the Jesuit, Christ sixth in cap two Joshua, subscribes. Generally women begin pubescere, as they call it, or catulire, as Julius Pollux cites, lib two cap three, onomast out of Aristophanes, at fourteen years of old, then they do offer themselves, and some plainly rage. Leo Affa saith, that in Africa a man shall scarce find a maid at fourteen years of age, they are so forward, and many amongst us after they come into the teens do not live without husbands, but linger. What pranks in this kind the Middle Ages have played is not to be recorded. See mihi sint centum linguae, sint oraque centum. No tongue can sufficiently declare. Every story is full of men and women's insatiable lust. Nero's, Heliogabali, Bonosi, etc., Coelius Amphilenum, said Quintius Amphilenum de Perunt, etc. They neigh after other men's wives, as Jeremiah, Cap V. 8, complaineth, like fed horses, or range like town bulls, raptores virginum et viduarum, as many of our great ones do. Solomon's wisdom was extinguished in this fire of lust. Samson's strength enervated, piety in Lot's daughters quite forgot, gravity of priesthood in Eli's sons, reverend old age in the elders that would violate Susanna, filial duty in Absalom to his stepmother, brotherly love in Ammon towards his sister, human, divine laws, precepts, exhortations, fear of God and men, fair, foul means, fame, fortune, disgrace, honour, cannot oppose, stave off or withstand the fury of it. Omnia vincit amor, etc., no cord nor cable can so forcibly draw or hold so fast as love can do with a twined thread. The scorching beams under the equinoctial, or extremity of cold within the circle arctic, where the very seas are frozen, cold or torrid zone, cannot avoid or expel this heat, fury and rage of mortal men. Quo fugis ab demens, nulla est fuga, Tu licet usque ad tanium fugias, usque sequitur amor. Of women's unnatural, insatiable lust, what country, what village doth not complain? Mother and daughter sometimes dote on the same man, father and son, master and servant, on one woman. Sed amor, sed inefrenata libido, quid custom in terris, intentatumque reliquit. What breach of vows and oaths, fury, dotage, madness might I reckon up? Yet this is more tolerable in youth, and such as are still in their hot blood. But for an old fool to dote, to see an old lecher, what more odious, what can be more absurd, and yet what so common?
who so furious amare ea etate si occiperint multo insaniunt aquius some dote then more than ever they did in their youth how many decrepit hoary harsh writhen bursten-bellied crooked toothless bald blear-eyed impotent rotten old men shall you see flickering still in every place one gets him a young wife another a courtesan and when he can scarce lift his leg over a sill and hath one foot already in charon's boat when he hath the trembling in his joints the gout in his feet a perpetual room in his head a continuate cough his sight fails him thick of hearing his breath stinks all his moisture is dried up and gone may not spit from him a very child again that cannot dress himself or cut his own meat yet he will be dreaming of and honing after wenches what can be more unseemly worse it is in women than in men when she is aetate declivis diu vidua mater olim parum decore matrimonium sequibidator an old widow a mother so long since in pliny's opinion she doth very unseemly seek to marry yet whilst she is so old a crone a beldam she can neither see nor hear go nor stand a mere carcass a witch and scarce feel she caterwauls and must have a stallion a champion she must and will marry again and betroth herself to some young man that hates to look on but for her goods abhors the sight of her to the prejudice of her good name her own undoing grief of friends and ruin of her children but to enlarge or illustrate this power and effects of love is to set a candle in the sun it rageth with all sorts and conditions of men yet is most evident amongst such as are young and lusty in the flower of their years nobly descended high fed such as live idly and at ease and for that cause which our divines call burning lust this feminus insanus amor this mad and beastly passion as i have said is named by our physicians heroical love and a more honourable title put upon it amor nobilis as savonarola styles it because noble men and women make a common practice of it and are so ordinarily affected with it avicenna lib three fen one tract four cap twenty three calleth this passion lishi and defines it to be a disease or melancholy vexation or anguish of mind in which a man continually meditates of the beauty gesture manners of his mistress and troubles himself about it desiring as savonarola adds with all intentions and eagerness of mind to compass or enjoy her as commonly hunters trouble themselves about their sports the covetous about their gold and goods so is he tormented still about his mistress arnoldus villanovanus in his book of heroical love defines it a continual cogitation of that which he desires with a confidence or hope of compassing it which definition his commentator cavils at for a continual cogitation is not the genus but a symptom of love we continually think of that which we hate and abhor as well as that which we love and many things we covet and desire without all hope of attaining carolus alorme in his questions makes a doubt an amor sit morbus 
whether this heroical love be a disease. Julius Pollux Onomast, lib. 6, cap. 44, determines it. They that are in love are likewise sick, lascivus, salax, lasciviens, et qui in venerum fuit, vere est e grotus, Arnoldus will have it improperly so called, a malady rather of the body than mind. Tully, in his Tusculans, defines it a furious disease of the mind, Plato, madness itself. Ficinus, his commentator, cap. 12, a species of madness, for many have run mad for women, Esdra 4.26, but rasis a melancholy passion, and most physicians make it a species or kind of melancholy, as will appear by the symptoms, and treat of it apart, whom I mean to imitate, and to discuss in all his kinds, to examine his several causes, to show his symptoms, indications, prognostics, effect, that so it may be with more facility cured. The part affected in the meantime, as Arnoldus supposeth, is the former part of the head, for want of moisture, which his commentator rejects. Langius, med epis, lib. 1, cap. 24, will have this passion seated in the liver, and to keep residence in the heart, to proceed first from the eyes so carried by our spirits, and kindled with imagination in the liver and heart. Coget amare jecor, as the saying is, medium ferret per epar, as Cupid in Anacreon. For some such cause belike, Homer feigns Titus's liver, who was enamoured of Latona, to be still gnawed by two vultures day and night in hell, for that young men's bowels thus enamoured are so continually tormented by love. Gordonius, cap. 2, part 2, will have the testicles an immediate subject or cause, the liver an antecedent. Fracastorius agrees in this with Gordonius, in de primitus imaginatio venerea, erectio, etc. Titillatissimam partem vocat, ita ut nisi extruso semine gestiens voluptas non cessat, nec assidua veneris recordatio, adit Gnastivinus, comment four sect, prob twenty-seven, arist. But properly it is a passion of the brain, as all other melancholy, by reason of corrupt imagination, and so does Jason Pratensis, c. 19 de morb carebri, who writes copiously of this erotical love, place and reckon it among the affections of the brain. Melaxon de anima confutes those that make the liver a part affected, and Guianarius, tract 15, cap. 13, et 17, though many put all the affections in the heart, refers it to the brain. Ficinus, cap. 7, in Convivium Platonis, will have the blood to be the part affected. Joe Friatagius, cap. 14, not med, supposeth all four affected, heart, liver, brain, blood but the major part concur upon the brain. Tis imaginatio laesa, and both imagination and reason are misaffected, because of his corrupt judgment, and continual meditation of that which he desires, he may truly be said to be melancholy. If it be violent, or his disease inveterate, as I have determined in the precedent partitions, both imagination and reason are misaffected, first one, then the other. End of section 7